Welcome back to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast, the podcast for real estate professionals dedicated to driving business using data. I'm Aaron Norris with Property Radar, and this is episode 33 with Stefan Peterson of Zavi. Zavi provides a complete iBuyer solution for brokerages that may not have it in house. Today, we talk about everything from the different submodels of the iBuyer experience, from bridge to single family rental um, to even Main Street real estate investors, who's doing what where, and how locals can take part in it. We also find out the discount model, how it's changed, especially after COVID. iBuyer slowed way down in 2020, but they are back with a vengeance and we'll talk about whether it's going to be a seller's market, that and much more on this week's show. All right, Stefan, thank you so much for joining us. I have been a huge fan of, uh, of the iBuyer concept for a number of years and think it's here to stay. And so let's start with Zavi. Who and what is Zavi? Yeah, so Zavi, uh, we provide a white label a software platform, you know, an enterprise software platform. And we sell this mainly to large brokerages, a few teams uh, as well, but we've really focused on, on large brokerages across the country. Uh, you know, we began with brokerages in, in the markets where the iBuyers were active, you know, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But at this point, we're selling really in markets across the country. We have 70 brokerage partners right now with about 50,000 agents using our platform. And that's after about a year. Um, so I can tell you what the platform does really quickly. It, it, it makes it super easy for our brokerages and their agents to connect their clients, home sellers, with all the new ways of selling your house. And you know those ways are a whole range of, of buyers. So that's the retail iBuyers, your open door and Zillow, et cetera. Um, uh, some uh, investor type buyers that are buying properties to hold and rent out these you know, SFR buyers and then also a lot of renovation buyers ranging from, you know, bigger companies, uh, Wedgwood, for example, down to small um, kind of, you know, mom and pop companies that are doing a good job of that, too. So we make it easy for the agents to show all these options to their sellers and then to connect them with these offers if they seem to be a, a potential fit for the seller. Now, will all these offers necessarily hit the MLS or can some of this happen behind the scenes? Uh, definitely behind the scenes, pre MLS, uh, you know that that's really the the preferred strategy that that we help our partners with is get offers on these properties before you're on the market. You know the offers are going to be better. I'm sure the audience can can appreciate that. And then as well, um, you know you save the seller uh, a, a lot of hassle. The seller and the agent don't have to go through the hassle work and expense of of getting a house ready for the market if, if you're going to sell it to an institutional type buyer. Let's let's back up a little bit and talk about the different categories um, that that you have access to. So um, let's talk first about iBuyer. Mm-hmm. How would yeah. you define iBuyer? Yeah. So the way iBuyer is is commonly defined, you know, there's a handful of high technology, really well capitalized companies that are, are retail brands, and they are trying to go direct to the consumer. With, with a proposition to buy at the house. So those companies, you know, they're easy to list. It's Open Door, Zillow Offers, OfferPad, and Redfin now. Those are really, um, you know, the four iBuyers out there. Um, and, you know, the, th- the thing about these guys, I think that differentiates them from other, um, most other buyers is what they're focused on is the consumer experience. They're, they're not targeting distressed sellers or people whose house needs a lot of work. They're just trying to make the selling process faster, more convenient, 
um, more certain in terms of the seller gets to pick a closing date and you know you're going to close on that date. And, and interestingly, you know, during the pandemic, safety has, has been a big one for, for the iBuyers. Um, you know, I think it's funny when you, when you look at the iBuyers, how they represent themselves, they've all come up with the same value proposition exactly. The words change slightly, um, but that's the value proposition that connects with sellers, speed, certainty, convenience, and safety. Yeah, if you've never sort of seen what offers look like from these iBuyers in the property radar community, I have digital ads. And as a property owner in Florida and California, I get hit up by them often. Um, specifically, Open Door spends a heck of a lot of money on direct mail. Uh, so I've shared that. And I, I think companies like Open Door have a huge uphill battle. I mean, when you're a Redfin or a Zillow offer, you know, you already are top of mind for consumers looking on the internet and you go to look up your Zestimate and there's a, get your, you know, cash offer now button that you can hit. Um, so they're in the top 15 most visited real estate sites where Open Door, you know, maybe the IPO <laughs> will put them a little bit more on the map, but it's not top of mind for consumers. So I see how much money they're having to spend in every market that they operate in. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, De definitely customer acquisition for any of the iBuyers, including Zillow. It's just brutal. I mean, for sure, Zillow has a massive advantage there, but but that's really their challenge is, uh, you know, for Zillow, not so much getting people to the site, but you know, getting offers requested and accepted, you know, that, that, that funnel for the iBuyers, you know, the conversion rate from offer presented to, to offer accepted is is small, kind of like 5% down to 3%. Uh, so that's a lot they're spending. And I know we'll cover all the different categories on the website. I definitely want to chat a little bit about what these categories, how you identify them, uh, are what they're doing and what they're not doing. So um, I'd love to chat with you about what I've been experiencing, what they're doing here in California, and maybe you yeah. can confirm or deny my suspicions. So it's definitely sure. changed. Like OfferPad in California has completely disappeared. And I really saw what they were doing several years ago. They were one of the first ones in my market and they weren't afraid of going after the heavy rehabs. And they did a beautiful job and went all the way to the staging, even in markets like the Inland Empire, which are considered like a, a lower dollar amount. Mm -hmm. They disappeared. And as we progressed into 2019, it was very clear. I, I make fun sort of on a play the We Buy Ugly Houses brand, the Homevestors brand, I say they've really turned more into the We Buy Easy Houses where it's not unusual for me to see them take on a house and be in and out in a couple of months whenever possible. And you're lucky to get new paint and carpet and forget about painting the outside. <laughs> and on the inside, if you get a, a new brush nickel pole, it's that's a rehab for them. Am, am I seeing it wrong? So uh, I don't think you are. Um, you know, I, I, sh I should say... You know, where, where we're coming from with this is I've less focus on the rehab properties, more focus on what consumers in general are asking for. But uh, I, I definitely agree, you know, OfferPad specifically has sort of retrenched some of the markets they're, they're working in. So a little less in California, a little more in some other markets. All of the iBuyers, by the way, last year bought a lot fewer houses than they did in 2019. Yes. They were down for the full year, about 60% uh, year. So if it feels to you like the iBuyers kind of went away, uh, well, they did because they 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 kind of went on pause uh, in the early part of COVID. 
Um, but they're coming back pretty pretty quickly now. Yeah, I've seen that. They've really ramped up. I have a chart in front of me of the data, and they're they're ramping up to they're close to where they were, you know, in let's see, August of last year, finally, uh, 2019. So they are sl- slowly starting to pick up. Yeah, um, but I, I didn't want to make one other point about that in terms of you know you mentioned home investors like we buy e- easy houses. You know, one one thing we we do see is. Uh, you know, many of the renovation uh, type operators and, and definitely the bigger ones like, you know, like Homevestors, uh, you know, they they have, I would say, adjusted their marketing to be a little more similar to the iBuyers. You know, they're not emphasizing so much, get a cash offer, or close really fast, you know, need cash, call us. It's more, hey, we can, we can make this easier and a better experience for you. And I think I think I think that's working. Yeah. <laughs> that's my take on it. And and it's important to know from you know both realtor and real estate investors what they are and are not what they aren't doing because as an example they're not going after projects with people problems or super heavy repairs. I have real estate investors that are actively wholesaling to i buyers solving those problems on the background. So probate, yeah. hoarder homes, you know, get them, dejunk them and sell them or real estate investors who are trying to time very complex 1031 exchanges and coming with a rental portfolio that's in decent shape, doesn't need a lot of work, being able to sell them to an iBuyer and then go elsewhere. And it's all about a timing thing. So both on the retail and the investor side, I have them leveraging iBuyers. So it's just good to know how people are doing it and but what they aren't doing. In LA, for an example, uh, a couple months ago, I saw them doing a million dollar condo deal that's not what they're doing 45 minutes inland here in California. It's interesting. And then uh, I was researching Phoenix and seeing, uh, you know, statistically over the last several years, 10% of those were going to institutional buy and hold investors. Mm-hmm. So uh, like the Cerberus uh, of the yes. world. So I, I see that picking up. They just raised billions of dollars. So it's going to be, it's already a tight market. I, I think iBuyers are here to stay. The one other point I, I want to make is that Zillow has already admitted they've lo- they're losing on average. I think it was seven thousand dollars in twenty nineteen. They admitted mm-hmm. for every iBuyer transaction, but they also have mortgage. They have closing via dot loop, and now they have the buy sell side on the brokerage side, and they make a lot of money with their advertising. So they've created this entire ecosystem. So they're making a lot of money in a lot of different places. Um, so they don't have to make a killing on the buy sell side, which is what real estate investors stress out about. Like I can't operate on those margins. Right. So so you have to know what they're doing in your local market. It's very specific to each city. So you just have to find out what they're doing and what they want. Yeah. I mean, a few, a few points I'd make there. So one, in terms of what kind of properties are the iBuyers buying, um, you know, forget about what's on their website or what they say they're doing. The fact is, and you know, we see this in our business, we facilitate thousands of offer requests a month to all the iBuyers and, and a bunch of other institutional buyers as well. And, and the fact is they adjust their buy box for the market and even for the individual specific opportunity. So we see seven figure iBuyer offers in Southern California all the time, condos and other types of properties. Um, we see um, offers on older homes, for example, like older inner city center properties in Denver. You know, they, they claim they're not gonna buy that house, but if they think they, they've got a good deal, a good opportunity, they're gonna take it. Uh, I just and, really uh, like coming from a power position, especially if you're a realtor, if you have that information of what they're doing and not doing, be able to say, you know what, I'm more than happy to help you uh, submit those kind of offers 
but upfront, this is what I see them doing. Just having the data at hand is very powerful. Yeah. I, I mean, we tell our partners, you know, and, and their agents go out and, and request offers literally on, on anything. I mean, we can pretty easily tell you if it's way outside of a buy box, but sometimes you just never know. You, you can be surprised. And, you know, there, there is a dynamic. I, I think this is interesting for you. We hear this from our partners where they're, they're realizing, hey, things are different now. There's a lot of institutions, companies that'll buy properties it's actually my fiduciary responsibility as an agent. If I know these op- these offers are out there, I should go get them. And if if they say, you know, thanks, but we won't make an offer on your house, okay, great. You know, I did my job. I I tried to procure an offer for my seller. Uh, but there is this sense of, hey, as a realtor, part of what you need to be doing now is bringing all available offers to the table and, and checking on those. Absolutely. And I think that's what I really like. And we'll we'll keep trekking forward on the different kinds of buyers. And you've got this great verified buyer map uh, on the Zavi website. And I'll put a link to that where these different buyers that we're talking about are on there. You know, one other thing, as I, I made a little note, um, you know, you said SFR buyers, um, you know, that the, they're going to buy a property and lease it for a period of time. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, we, we, we talk to, I think, all of the big SFR players around the country. And what I'm hearing is, you know, the, the economics for the, the rentals right now are, are really good. And they're planning to buy a lot of houses direct from consumers this year. I think that'll be something you see in, in many marketplaces. You will feel that activity. Yeah, I've actually been watching. Um, so you've got Tricon, Progress, American Home for Rent, um, Cerberus. I definitely see their activity picking up as of last year. They had already raised the money and started buying. So I I get the sense that you're going to be busier this year as well. Mm-hmm. And perhaps with through you, they won't have to buy through the iBuyers. You know, they could list, you know, I don't know how you say that, seller direct <laughs> through through you. They won't have to go through the intermediary. Uh, yeah, I think that's a possibility. Okay. Well, let's talk about bridge buyer because knock is one of those that you categorize as bridge buyer. And I actually have listed as an iBuyer. buyer. Let's talk a bit about bridge buyer and what that means. Yeah. So the knock program, uh, let's say up front, it, uh, it's a little bit complicated. In fact, in the earlier days, I would say it was confusing, um, but they really retooled it in the last I don't know, maybe nine months. Um, and it, it really is sort of a bridge program. So the way it works is as, as a seller, you go to knock, you know, you, you're going to buy a house, but first you got to sell your house. It's a huge problem for, for sellers, especially in tight inventory market. Um, so what knock will do is if you qualify, and you, the house you want to buy qualifies with them, they will buy that house for you. You will move into that house. Then knock is going to sell your old house on the open market. So for that, you'll pay a you know a small service fee, and I don't know exactly what it is for knock, but it's you know kind of like one to two percent, um, and uh, and then you're going to pay your realtor. So this keeps the realtor involved. You're going to pay the realtor when you buy your new house and when you list and sell your old house. Uh, you know you're you're going to get market price on your resale. Uh, knock throws in some uh, uh, some allowance to uh, renovate. You know prepare and for preps and repairs for your old house. Uh, and then you pay that out of the closing. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, knock just based on what consumers and our partners tell us the, the new, the newer program, um, is working really well. And I think, you know, bridge programs, others are, are similar to knock, 
uh, I don't know if we want to talk about Easy Knock, um, which is in a lawsuit with Knock just for fun. But uh, you know, th- these programs are all pretty similar um, in what they aim to do. They let somebody you know buy before they sell. Um, they're all getting incredible traction right now, and I, I think they're a fixture in the in this landscape to stay. Yeah, I agree. I was confused as well on Easy Knock. I could understand why there why there is a uh, <laughs> a lawsuit there. Yeah, um, <laughs> not, they're, they're, Easy Knock is going to be easier, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we're um, waiting for Hard Knock. That's uh, the one we're looking for Hard Knock to launch, but hasn't happened yet. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's it's good to know, and I know Compass, and there's other real estate brands, Rilogy just announced their version of iBuyer. I forget which way they decided to go. Um, we're working on them uh, getting on the show. Uh, Kelly okay. Williams has been threatening. Do you have any insights into those major brands and how they plan to approach this model? Well, so so um, with uh, with Rilogy, it's it's uh, RealSure, and that's in collaboration with Home Partners of America. Um, you know, I, I think that, that program uh, has also changed a lot. I think they they may have done sort of a soft launch, got some fee- feedback from the market, and then they've they've retooled it as much more of a, a bridge type program. Um, seems like overall a very smart and strong offering with for with to me. And you know we we don't have it on any of our partners' platforms yet. For our Realogy partners, we're really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely listen to your podcast when you have them on. Uh, uh, the other ones you mentioned, you know, I'm not aware of what Compass is doing with iBuyers. If if you know something about it, no, I, Compass had done the, sort of the bridge financing where they gave you an allowance to repair. And what's interesting, based yes. on the market, you might not even have to do that much in repairs. So theirs isn't an iBuyer model. There's more of a, a renovation assist. Gotcha. So in in Zavi world, we we you know categorize all those programs as, as concierge. So Compass definitely an innovator there. And, you know, like Zoom Casa, uh, uh, Curbio is another. Uh, I, I think along with the bridge financing solution, which is, you know, it's it's not a loan. We got to be clear. These are not bridge loans. This is a fintech solution where they buy a house, you know, they. but uh, the, the, the concierge or these renovation allowance deals are also getting a lot of traction in the marketplace. We have a partner, um, big company out in Boston, Jack Conway, just launched their Zavi platform yesterday, featuring their in-house concierge program. And uh, you know they're they're getting a lot of conversion on that. It's helping them win listings and uh, and just you know do more business. It's uh, it's it's a driver. You know a lot of these for I think for brokerages, I think keep in mind is collaborating with iBuyers, using bridge programs, concierge programs, is really a catalyst that you, you may not convert somebody on to those programs every time, but if you don't convert them, say for your bridge program, you still want a listing and you're still going to sell a house. Right. It's just being able to offer whatever best suits their needs. You have something to offer them, whether it's speed or just, yeah, it's just important to, to know. Big, big point to pull it back a level, you know, um, you know, we, we say this all the time in Zavi, consumers, you know what they want, they, they want optionality, they want to know all of everything that's available, right? So this is, you know, what the internet has done to people, you want to go to one web website and see every hotel and every, you know, every flight you could take. Um, so they, they want to see all their options. 
and they have no patience for somebody who's not gonna bring them all options because it's a waste of time. So optionality is one. And secondly, they really want one button to, so to speak, right? You got one button on your phone, will do anything that phone can do. You start it, it's always the same. You push one button and away you go. Um, people want one button to access all their options. So, you know, we definitely, uh, you know, keep that, that idea central at Zavi because that's what we do. We're one place, one process to get every option from iBuyers to bridge to, you know, a whole range of other renovation SFR type buyers as well. Yeah. Let's keep walking down this map. I'm, I'm literally referencing your verified buyer map page. And so the next category we've covered the, the standard iBuyer, the bridge buyer, and now let's cover single family rental buyers and what that is and some of the key players in the space. Yeah. Um, so, you know, well, key players in the space, um, I mean, you recounted many of the, you know, the big ones, um, you know, there are others. And I think I don't want to mention names because I'm under NDAs with a few of them. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm just going to say there's a bunch of uh, SFR buyers out there that are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're big professional, well-capitalized companies. And, you know, we're, there, there may be a way that they can, can work with Zavi. Um, you know, I'd say a few that we have on the platform now, you know, Roofstock is on the platform at this time, for example. Um, uh, but uh, Swift, Swift Home is another uh, based in Chicago. Uh, uh, you know, it, the way we really see it is whether you're an SFR buyer or you're a retail iBuyer, um, from the consumer's point of view, you're another option to buy their house. Their buy boxes are a little different, which by the way is, is cool for consumers because not, not everybody, you, there's always, a, in many markets, you got a buyer for every type of property at this point. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, they, they're making strong offers. Their economics are different because they, they buy on yield. And uh, you know, that, that actually makes them super competitive relative to the iBuyers and even the open market in some cases. What's really interesting about that concept is that, you know, legislation recently here in California used um, <laughs> the Wall Street institutional as reasons we need to change our foreclosure laws. And they used really bad data to start <laughs> SB 1079 for those in California who were paying attention. So they introduced the 45 day redemption period, but specifically called out, um, I think it was Waypoint Homes as a reason why it was necessary. And they were buying all these foreclosures. And what's funny is that they ignored that when those entities came into California at the time in the market, if they would have not come in, we would have lingered a lot more in REOs because they took them off the market and right. were yield driven. In today's market, what's interesting is that prices have in some markets quadrupled what they were buying. So the economics of it, yes, interest rates have gone down, but it, it's really fascinating. Um, the fact that they've raised all this money, I know part of it, they thought that they were going to buy distress. And now that it's clear uh, it doesn't matter what party you're associated with. It doesn't look like the government is thinking a big wave of foreclosure is a good idea. Right. <laughs> Eviction moratoriums are really getting pushed out even further. Um, the economics of that, I, I mean, it's just really surprising that this is where they're going. Any insights well, there? Uh, I mean, sure. Rents are generally high. Yeah. And there are a lot of people, a lot of consumers uh, who who don't have the, the down payment or the ability to buy a house. Um, you know, it's, there's definitely some challenges in the housing market right now. You know, on the one hand, we had a spectacular year last year, especially if you're you know, a real estate broker, um, you probably had a, a really successful year. But it's, it's tough for, for a lot of consumers. Inventory is tight. 
prices are high. It's it's squeezing buyers, especially first time buyers. So they're looking for a rental, and uh, you know the rent the rents are high. And for institutional buyers, you can come in and provide rentals. Um, that's what's happening, um, whether you like it or not. That that's uh, the way the market is working right now. Okay. And if, if you've never heard of some of these brands that we're talking about today, a, a place that I like to go is rentalhomecouncil.org. So American Homes for Rent, Innovation Homes, Progressive, Tricon, Front Yard Residential. There's quite a few and there's more that have sort of popped up over the years and there's been a lot of merger and acquisitions in the space. <laughs> so as I'm trying to track these, that's part of the the issue, at least for me in public records, is it's just really messy one of them in particular has been the bane of my existence because of all the m work that's happened. And they're like associated with 200 entities. It's insane. And well, I, I, I mean, I, 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 my opinion on that is a lot of those buyers, they, they, they want to, you know, obfuscate a little bit their, their purchase activity. So they're, they're not completely transparent by putting their own names in the public records. Uh, you know, I think it's also important to note that, you know, outside of the institutional buyers, there's lots of, of private investors who are snapping up, you know, single family homes to lease them out. And, and that's having, I, I, I don't have numbers on this, but I'm guessing a bigger impact than all the institutional buyers. Well, and where, where these institutional buyers like to buy, uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable this year in the po- political realm because of affordable housing. Um, yeah. Uh, even in very, um, business friendly states like Arizona, it, it feels like the conversation keeps creeping in about affordable housing. Um, and especially, especially with the eviction moratoriums, it's interesting to watch the language at the national and state level. They seem a little bit more focused on Main Street than Wall Street. So something to keep an eye on. Um, but it doesn't didn't stop them from raising a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah, coming. I, I, I totally agree that that's an area to keep an eye on. I, I just... It's not going away, that issue. Uh, the last category you have on the website is renovation iBuyers. Um, and that I, I think that's what a lot of Main Street real estate investors would consider themselves. But let's talk about the category and the, and the companies that you follow. Yeah. So I'd say on that, first of all, you know, a, a big reason we, we put that verified buyer map on our website was to honestly invite interest from, from more uh, renovation buyers, really any buyers too. Um, you know, we want to put all this, all the options in one place, right? That's the all the optionality, one button. That's Zavi. Uh, so if 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 anybody is interested in in being on one of our broker partners platforms, um, being on our our map, by all means, you know, click over to that website and there's a short form to fill out, and we'll we'll follow up with you about that. Um, but you know, renovation buyers we, we saw um, were were filling a, a niche in consumer demand, just like the the retail i buyers were. Um, they for sure solve a problem. Um, you know, we're we're a realtor centric company. You know, we grew out of a real estate brokerage, uh, uh, and you know, for a lot of sellers, they're they're stuck because they want to move, but they can't afford the repairs they they need to make to to sell their house. Um, so that's where renovation iBuyers can can be, you know, a, a godsend in, in many situations. So um, we work with um, a number of local investors and then some bigger companies I mentioned, uh, you know, Wedgwood is one, uh, HomeGo, Sunday, HomeLove. Uh, those are some others. Uh, we we have an arrangement with, with home investors. So 
we, we send them uh, a lot of properties as well. Um, but, you know, we recognize there are professional operators in almost every market who can really help sellers. And we want to include them on our, on our platform and on, on the website map. That's a great segue into, you know, the market and where some of them are working and some aren't. So I, I think you would probably have a lot better luck with maybe local Main Street investors in some markets where the iBuyers just haven't reached yet. Is there a formula to where a lot of these Wall Street companies and these prop tech companies are focusing their attention and expanding this year? Um, yeah, I think for this year, the iBuyers are mostly going to stay in the markets where they're, they're currently operating. It's like the retail guys. And the, the same, I think, goes for SFR buyers. You know, you, you're not going to see those guys up in the, the Northeast, for example, or in, um, you know, the middle of the Rust Belt. Um, at the same time, if, if I were to pick one market area, one state where we see the most demand for our platform, you know, bringing people institutional buyer options, including renovation buyers, um, it's it's the state of Ohio. And, you know, the iBuyers are really not doing much there, especially in rural Ohio. And, and I say that just as, you know, to illustrate that we actually have demand from across the country. Um, you know, we have broker partners in 40 states, all of them are, are looking for new solutions for their sellers. Uh, and I know everybody's everybody's got a different buy box, different kind of property they're looking for. Um, often those will fit well with the the, the listings that our, our partners are taking. Uh, so no, I don't I don't see anything super new in terms of, of those locations, but I think what is new and, and everybody should be aware of is there's just a lot of consumer demand for these new ways of selling. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, and I shouldn't say new because you guys have been doing this forever, but for the consumer, different ways of selling. Uh, and I, you know, I think there's a lot of evidence that consumer acceptance of, of selling your house to a company rather than on the open market, that that consumer acceptance is increasing a lot. Walk me through what, how a broker, uh, it's great because you basically, even if somebody doesn't have an iBuyer program, you're pulling all the different kind of offers available in one spot and a broker is able to present it to their client, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, walk me through what that looks like and the turnaround time that you're experiencing with COVID. So a broker uses you, They've got a client they want to present. How long does it take? Yeah, so uh, you know our whole process from the beginning. You know, part of our our software sh- shows uh, the agent and their clients estimates of all the different selling programs, kind of what the fees are, what the expected net is on a transaction. Um, so a seller sees that they kind of know what they're getting into. And the second thing our platform does is it makes it really easy for the seller to provide all the information that the buyers need to make a, a good, accurate offer really quickly. So we combine all the publicly available data, you know, we buy that from a vendor, and then we've got a questionnaire that the seller fills out. So they say, you know, what are, what are the countertops made of? Um, you know, what, what kind of shape is the floor in? Or is there, you know, a, is there a solar, are there, is there a solar lease, solar panel lease, you know, all that. And so we send, and photos as well. So we send a very complete file to, to the buyer. Um, so the buyers then are typically able to turn around with, with a solid offer in about 24 hours, sometimes 48 hours, occasionally a bit longer. But you know, 24 hours is really the benchmark. That offer goes back to the agent. You know, all of our sellers are represented, by the way. That's important. Um, 
having the agent is is a big plus for the buyers because you get pull through with an agent. The agent is doing the work, keeping things going. You know, they want to earn a commission, so that deal happens. And if it's it's going to be a good fit for the seller, um, the agent is going to make sure that that it all comes together. So they so they earn a commission, which by the way is paid by the seller, not not by um, not by the buyer. The the, the seller is going to pay. Oh. At okay. the close, um, um, yeah, that's a surprise to a lot of people. Why would a seller pay that? They why don't they go direct to the buyer and you know cut the agent out? Um, yeah, they could if they weren't under a listing agreement. But <laughs> even without it, they just don't because honestly, um, sellers appreciate the work the realtor does. They 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 understand the value and they compensate agents for it. Um, that's what we've seen at Zavi. Uh, so anyway, those offers from the the buyer go direct to the listing agent. Uh, the listing agent can then you know, have a conversation with the seller about what's the best option to choose. And uh, you know, then fr- from there, it's a regular transaction. And honestly, we kind of move to the background because we've, you know, we, we kind of fill the top of the funnel, we get this process started, but then you know, we, we don't need to be involved in the, the deal itself. You're getting to see a lot of really interesting data. Um, from all these different buyers, can you share a little bit of the discount that maybe these different categories are looking at and the kind of inventory that they're interested in? Yeah. So yeah, a couple of things I, I can definitely share there. Um, you know, one, and this is, this is about the iBuyers really, right? I should be upfront. This is about iBuyers, not so much the renovation guys. Um, those, those economics are way harder for us to peel back and, right. um, but I, I, I think what we see from the iBuyers is actually relevant for everybody here because um, over the last year, I kind of say even mid-2019 mid um, through the end of 2020, the iBuyer offers were progressively becoming less competitive. And so in 2019, this is a good stat for you if you didn't know, iBuyers were buying at almost 99% of, of the market price and on average, right? So obviously some offers were low, some were even above market, but on average, iBuyers were paying 99%. And I do my analysis on that. Mike Delpretti, if you follow him, he does his analysis. We both got almost the same number. So I think, you know, you, you can hang your hat on that. Um, then, you know, starting in, in last year, those, those numbers really started to decrease and they wound up more like 95%, which might still sound like a good offer, but that's a lot of money. You know, you think four, 4% or so, so it was becoming more expensive to sell to an iBuyer, basically. Yet the incidence, you know, the, the, the conversion rate of uh, a seller accepting an offer from an iBuyer has been going up and up and up. So offer is getting worse, acceptance going up. You know, why would that happen? And especially why would that happen in a strong seller's market when you can put your house, you know, on the, on the open market and sell it really fast and, you know, for a top dollar? So the answer is people are just looking for the, the iBuyer benefits, speed, convenience, certainty, all of that. They're looking for a better experience. That's why people are doing it. And I, it's, you, know, you also see, for example, um, with iBuyer offers, the, the prep and repairs charges have been steadily increasing over the last year from about 3% on average up to more like 4% uh, last year. Um, so that, you know, that's a 25% gain over the course of about... Sellers don't seem to care. Um, they're relatively insensitive. Because I don't think uh, what you see in public records on the MLS, the sales price is 
what was paid for the home, but there's credits, right? On, on the buyer side. So mm-hmm. you're saying a 5% discount, sort of like a fee for them to take it on. And then an additional three to 4% as, you know, a prep repair fee to get the house ready. So, so it, I, the way I, I break it down like this, you know, you're right now on average, the iBuyers are about a 5% discount to the market. Right. Um, they are charging a service fee of, you know, 5% for open door, kind of 7% for OfferPad and, and Zillow. Um, and then uh, a prep and repairs, which the seller is not gonna know about until after they've accepted an initial offer and are a little bit down the road. Um, and, and that is averaging about 4% right now. Okay. And on, on the open market, prep and repairs is averaging, you know, one to one and a half percent. So you are gonna probably spend more and with if you on prep and repairs, if you sell your house to an iBuyer, than you would on the open market. Again, though, sellers do not seem to mind. They are accepting more and more iBuyer offers. And and then you know I got to say this: it's it's the 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 stat that cannot be ignored should not be ignored. Sellers who 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 go to an iBuyer and complete a deal, they love it. Um, customer satisfaction for iBuyers, which which we measure, we've been doing that for a year and a half has increased steadily from, I think, 8.7 out of 10 to the last quarter, they broke through nine out of 10. And I'll t- anecdotally, we see a lot of comments, oh, it was an expensive transaction. I wish it was a little cheaper, but it was great. I love it. Nine, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, I mean, getting rid of the repairs themselves with the costs of everything going up, getting skilled labor. I mean, the builders have been complaining for years that skilled labor is an issue. And the last time I did a major rehab here in California, I was calling in favors and it was hard. So it's more time, it's more expense, you know, (laughs) Uh, I can understand wanting to get rid of that. The whole sales process is stressful. And if you're going into another transaction, trying to move, you know, there's a lot of emotional (laughs) data to look at why people would be considering to do this. But this is the used car model just on real estate. I really don't see this going away. This is not going away and it's only going to get better. We had um, in December, we had dot loop. So Zillow's dot loop, their closing platform. And a a couple weeks before that, I was on the webinar for Notarize, the remote online notary. So where we're going with the transaction, I mean, this is just the future and the expectation of a consumer, especially the digital first generation. Our industry just has some catch up to do. Shame on us for, (laughs) so I'm excited that your platform comes along and allows brokers and agents to have access to this, even if their in-house team doesn't have their own proprietary model. So I I think that's really important. So you must be getting great feedback from locals. Yeah, uh, I mean, yes. I mean, we've been uh, successful. We've we've been working on Zavi for for a while now, and you know, the the reason we're finding some success now is because um, there is increasing consumer demand for these new ways of selling. You know, have a company buy your house easier. All the stuff we've talked about that's being translated through real estate agents and brokerages. You know, the sellers are saying, "Hey, I, I heard you know and." In Phoenix, you can sell your house. All these companies can't. I, can't I do that here in Columbus, Ohio? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, kind of, sort of. But and and then they're calling us at Zavi, saying, what can you guys do for us? We've heard your platform brings all these options. Uh, so you know, I, I'd say you know the iBuyers are right. There's a lot of demand for this. Um, you know, the bridge people are are taking a, a very different tack, which which has some advantages. 
Um, you know, I think what you're going to see in, in the coming year, I'll, I'll make a really bold prediction. It's probably going to be a seller's market the same way it is now, in which case you're going to have a, a few sellers who are going to want to work with an iBuyer because they're just going to want to get the cash and they feel like they need to sell quickly with certainty so they can go and buy a new house. Um, or they're going to work with Bridge so they can sell before they buy or buy before they sell, excuse me. So yeah, seller's market, that's what's going to happen. But in case it's a buyer's market, people are going to love the iBuyers because now I have a guaranteed way to sell my house. It's it's really a, a heads I win, tails you lose situation for, for the iBuyers and, and other solutions. And you know, I think they're only going to get stronger. Um, you know, a, a fun fact is uh, in, in 2019, or sorry, 2020, they, you know, they sold about 60% fewer houses than they did the year before. And yet their enterprise values, so this is, you know, what Wall Street thinks they're doing, um, their enterprise values um, went up 153%. So um, 60% down, not a good year if you're in real estate. On the other hand, 150% up in, in your actual money that's in the bank. That that's a that's an amazing year. So they're going to keep doing more of what they've been doing. I agree. My uh, my best friend lives in L.A. and we chatted. He's finally going to get jump off the fence and buy a home. And they they were so excited. They they saw one uh, that they really liked this weekend. Only to call the agent Monday. You know, first thing Monday, over twelve offers. Yeah. So you're right. It's going to be a scalding hot sellers market again. And I, I just. I just think this gets rid of those contingencies and the fear of, you know, the laundry list of 30 pages of things that you've got to fix. There's definitely some benefits here. So, so here's, here's a great soundbite from, uh, you know, one of our broker partners. He, he told his agents, he said, hey, what if um, you had a magic wand so all of your sellers could go ahead and buy their next house now before they've sold their current house and they'd be a cash buyer contingency free on that purchase. What if you had that magic wand as, as an agent? Do you think you'd win more listings and, and you know, sell more listings and represent more buyers? Well, guess what? You know, that magic wand is a bridge program that you can get through, through our platform um, or you just get it on your own too. Um, and you know, here's, another, here's another great soundbite since we're on it. Uh, different, different brokers said, you know, most agents, they go to a listing appointment, they bring a CMA, you know, a comparative uh, market analysis. They bring a CMA, but my agents, they bring offers. They bring cash offers to that listing appointment. And, you know, who, who's going to win? I, I think that's the future of real estate. You know, that's, that's the modern agent, the modern brokerage. Um, you know, I think these are all trends that, that we see happening. And it's not going to sweep the country 100% overnight, but definitely the movement is afoot. You know what's really great? This solves a, a pain point for realtors. There's nothing worse than meeting with a seller and they're just like, that duck border and the amazing, ridiculous tile I put in my master bathroom, it's worth so much more. Where if you're able to come to the table with all these offers, it other people are delivering the bad news. <laughs> so, so you as an agent yeah. come to the table with real offers saying, this is the base price. If I list it, this is what I think I can give you. But you already know you have multiple offers right here that you can take right now. But it, it beats them up on price, which I really, really like. So, and, and sometimes they get a great offer that they accept. You know, sometimes right, and right. people people will sell to institutional buyers for all kinds of reasons. They get a great offer. They they they've got to buy their next house. They need to go move across the country. They could, whatever. Um, these solutions really make sense for a lot of people. And, I, I'm most excited about the 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 excuse me the the hybrid model. I'm waiting for Keller Williams and the Realogy brands to really launch because I 
I just think that local boots on the ground over and over again, it seems like no matter the demographic, they really want somebody to walk them through. Um, so mm -hmm. I think the agent just has to sort of really work on their value proposition. And I'm just really excited about them launching in the market. Um, do you see them having any advantage disadvantages that you guys have talked about? Um, I think they potentially have advantages. I, I think that's a really smart model, kind of the hybrid brokerage, you know, where you've got agents and you've got the something like a bridge program or an iBuyer program built into your brokerage. Um, I, I can say that that definitely has potential because we see some of our partners doing exactly that. And then, you know, they didn't start off with, oh, we're going to be a hybrid brokerage. We've got a new idea. They said, hey, you know, we, we run a successful real estate brokerage. Um, we've already got mortgage in-house. Um, maybe we should buy a few of these houses. We can, you know, Zillow can buy a house. We can buy a house. We can bring offers to the listing appointment too. Um, so they're doing that. And then they're realizing, gosh, it's not that much of a leap to go from, uh, you know, providing a mortgage to providing a bridge program. So I, I think that we're, we're in the earliest days of this, and it's probably too early to call it a trend, but we do see brokerages, established brokerages, reverse engineering their way to become hybrid brokerages. And my guess is, you know, in a lot of ways, those companies, they, they have an edge over the upstart because, you know, they've been doing it. They've got experienced agents who've got huge client spheres. Um, they're known and trusted in their markets. Uh, you know, I, I've often thought, and actually I've, I've seen this in Denver, you know, I'm, I'm based in, in Boulder and we have a lot of contacts around, around Boulder, Denver. Um, but, you know, agents reaching out, like having sort of a partnership with, with a renovation company to help pull these deals together where the agent would say, or the, the brokerage would say, hey, we, we've got a lot of properties. Some of them, you know, they're going to want offers. Um, how about we send those to you and we, we get in sync so we can deliver a great customer experience. I, I think that's an opportunity for kind of your main street investors is keeping in mind, you, you can work with real estate brokerages and agents to do more business. The, what's funny is that all this iBuyer stuff, when I teach the different realtor associations, I'm like, why aren't you a real estate investor? You've always had access to cashes as his offers. You just have poo-pooed their their offers. Now, the Main Street real estate investor that has to do heavy repairs is not going to operate on a 5% margin. That's just not realistic. Would you like this investor to list with you after they're done? And then, of course, the answer is yes. Okay, well then, if they're going to sell with you, how much commission are they going to have to pay? <laughs> they're going to be like, oh yeah, 6%. That doesn't work. Yeah. So the numbers are going to be different for Main Street investors taking on the risk of a major rehab. This in and out of the iBuyers going after really easy ones, you know, is, is a totally different model. So I'm I'm excited because I think there's some opportunity to get the realtors and the main street investors on the same page. And that hyper-local nuance of, I think agents are going to be focusing a lot more on selling a lifestyle, not just a home. So you'll have a millennial investor come up to you, I'm sorry, a buyer and saying, hey, I want walkable community. I want to be close to a downtown, great schools. They're going to park it for 12 years. That local investors, uh, sorry, realtor is going to be a very different experience than, you know, a Zillow offer. It's just an AI-driven process in the background. So that's why I think I'm most excited about the hybrid model and having those boots on the ground in the local markets is they've just got a lot of different intel and a lot of qualitative information that these big tech companies just won't have. 
Exactly. So the, the local operators have, you know, a huge advantage regardless of, you know, the condition of the property or the, you know, the buy box, um, because you, you, you know, the market well enough, you can make decisions about properties that are just too risky for, you know, people who aren't local experts to, to, to make offers and you'll be able to make stronger offers. Um, so we, we see this all the time in, in Denver and with our other partners in different markets too. It is interesting to hear you say that they're focused on not losing as much money. So their offers aren't as aggressive. So they're not banking on the market continuing to go up. <laughs> so maybe yeah. they're a little bit more careful on the buy side and the repairs. They're giving themselves a little bit more room. Yeah, they, they've built a little bit of risk into their model. I, you know, I, I can't say exactly why they're doing that, but uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think they are being cautious um, and, you know, it's paying off for them. I mean, they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're buying more houses again. They've been selling houses successfully, uh, making a little margin on that. Um, and, you know, let's keep in mind, they, the iBuyers specifically, survived market conditions that a lot of people said, this is going to be the end of the iBuyers. There's no way they can survive the seller's market. Who would ever sell their house to an iBuyer right now? Um, well, guess what? You know, it, it's still working out great for, for, for those guys. And, you know, I'll go back and say it again. Consumers love it. They're, they're doing a great job for consumers. I, I laugh. Um, Purple Bricks uh, went out a few years ago and their model was a discounted brokerage model. Um, but they got trash talked a lot on the streets um, for the kind of service that they're providing. So these prop tech companies are really focused on the consumer experience. It's just not a discounted, yeah, we'll take pictures and put it on the MLS. <laughs> they're solving a way different problem than those discount brokerages. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and I think that um, often is ignored. People like to theorize about whether the iBuyer strategy or their technology or whatever, blah, blah. But the fact is, if you're cons- nine out of 10 consumers are, are giving you like a perfect score, um, you're, you're on to something. Can you share a little bit more if we have um, Main Street real estate investors who would like to be listed on, on Zavi as a resource? Is there a threshold that you're looking at and how Zavi makes money and who pays for it? Yeah, sure. So uh, threshold we're looking at, just to, to be clear on that, um, it's basically 10 purchases a year. Okay. Uh, you know, we have some flexibility there. That That's a guideline. Um, you know, we have buyers who are buying thousands of houses a year. Um, what, what we're really looking for is a, a demonstrated, um, you know, proven um, reliability in terms of if you make an offer to buy a house, are you going to follow through on that offer? Uh, and, you know, not just you know, let the deal fall through. Um, you know, it's, it's about the consumer experience. Are you going to deliver a good consumer experience and reliability is part of that. Um, in, in terms of, you know, how Zavi makes money, the main way we make money is the, the brokerages that, that license our software pay us a fee for that. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's been our, our starting point. Um, we do, however, in, in many cases, and you know, increasingly, um, we are getting a referral fee from from some of the buyers on our site. You know that that fee ranges from like seventy five to one hundred and fifty basis points. Uh, we don't require this, um, but we do think it's it's a win 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 when uh, when we get that lined up because really it it results in. And we share, I should say, we share that fee with the brokerage. Um, so the brokerage is has, now has an incentive to promote, um, you know, the buyer. It could be you as the buyer. Um, 
so the brokerage has a little upside. Uh, Zavi gets a little upside, and you're still getting you know a, a, co- a cost of acquisition that, that works for you. Um, so that that is that is a possibility, and we find we're getting more deal flow when we have those arrangements in place. Um, but there's to be clear, there is no cost to sign up. There's no cost to get started. Um, what we want, what really makes the, the gears turn at Zavi is, is deal flow. That, that's what makes us valuable to our partners. So you're actively looking, you're not necessarily only operating in markets where the iBuyers are active. You're, you're willing to consider secondary and tertiary markets. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's, that's really where we have more need. I mean, if, if you're a, um, you know, a, high-performing Main Street buyer up in, in say, Maine, for example, or anywhere in Ohio, um, Chicago, you know, jump on our website right now and sign up. We'd love to talk to you because uh, we, we are looking for for more options in those markets. Excellent. Well, I is there anything else that we should be watching out for in 2021? You know, it's going to be another big year for, for real estate generally. So, uh, you know, I think... Hopefully it's a little smoother experience than last year, but um, it's going to be a busy year. You know, I, I think uh, there, there's opportunity if you keep in mind that consumers increasingly want to sell their house to a company, not on the open market. They're looking for those options. They have more confidence in those options. Agents are bringing them those options. Uh, and, you know, I think I'd say for the Main Street community, um, the number one thing I see is, if you can, the, the the more consumer friendly you can make yourself in terms of your marketing and the experience you provide, I think the more successful you're going to be rather than just as a pure like, you know, you, you've got a problem, your house has got a problem, I can solve it kind of fixer. Uh, I, I think the consumer experience is going to become more and more important. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the Biden administration's um, thoughts on potential programs like the $15,000 first time program or forgiving college debt. I'm like, oh, no, we've got fuel being added to the fire that we don't need on the demand side right now. (laughs) So save it for when we really need it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how we're going to keep up this demand. And then you've got all these institutional buyers that have raised all this money that they want to buy. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm I'm going to fall in your court. I think it's going to definitely be a seller's market in 2021. I will make sure to post, go ahead. I would say the last thing is, you know, people have been talking about technology changing real estate for a long time. It, and it kind of has been happening. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing this real estate and tech for 20 years, um, but, but now it's really happening. It, it's, it's gone all the way down to the listing and uh, there's just so much money coming in that, um, the industry is really changing and embrace tech. I mean, whatever it is, whether it's Zavi or something else, you know, maybe it's something we haven't seen yet, but um, it, it's going to change the business more than it already has. Is there any other technology in the real estate space or adjacent arenas that you're watching and pretty excited about? Oh boy. Uh, uh, you know, blockchain, generally speaking, I think is, is actually a really big deal. Um, but do I stay up late at night thinking about it? No. I mean, we definitely have our our hands full with all the new selling options. Um, you know, there, there's a few models out there, kind of like fractional ownership, like buy a part of a house, sell a part of your house. I think those are really interesting. I think the lease to own programs are going to continue to get traction. So that's like, you know, Home Partners of America, among many others. Um, I think, yeah, you know, if I was to mention one area, I think stuff on the buy side, Zavi has been very focused on sellers, but there's a lot of innovation coming that is going to help 
address that imbalance of it's hard to, it's really hard for many people to buy. I think there's going to be some cool solutions coming out to, to help those buyers. Is there any specific companies you can mention that you've got your eye on? Um, well, let's see. Like, um, Divi is one. Unison is another. Um, there, there's, there's a few besides those, but uh, those are two that come to mind. I haven't. I, I know of Divi. So apparently I need to plug in a little bit more on that because I agree. Um, I see my friends trying to buy homes right now and they're like, how do I stay? <laughs> how do I get my offer accepted? I'm like, you have to get your ducks in a row and it might be time to work with a realtor that specializes in off market and going after inventory that <laughs> nobody else knows about right now. Cause it's going to you know, a realtor, a realtor who, who's familiar with all these tools and options. And that's, that's what modern agents do. Most agents are not keeping up with this stuff. You know what? Speaking of, do you have a list of agents um, on anywhere that people can call if they're looking for an agent that has access to Zabby? Yeah, definitely. I can send you that. Okay. Is there a link on the website too that I can direct people to? If you go to the website, um, there is on the homepage, uh, you know, a list of, of many of our partners, but I don't think it's complete. Okay. But, um, I, I'll just send you a list of all our partners. That's probably the best way to do it. Perfect. All right. I will make sure to optimize all the links on all the shows when this goes up. And I, I just really appreciate your time. I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Um, and uh, great uh, talking with you. Good, good to meet you too. I think we'll, we'll be in touch as we go forward. Uh, I think, you know, we've probably got some cool info to share. Deal. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. You can find show notes and links to some of the resources mentioned in the show at datadrivenrealestate.com. Click that join the community and you'll be forwarded to the Property Radar community where you can ask questions about the current show and even see upcoming guests and ask questions there. We'd love to engage with you in the community, so check it out. Please don't forget to like, favorite, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform where you're listening to the show. It helps us out a great deal. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.